here's a bit of housekeeping before we get into this. Um, Big Casino pre- premiered on TRL in 2007. I didn't even know TRL was still a thing, so I'd never thought to look at that. Ah. Yet I saw it on Jimmy Eat World's old archived website. Um, so this is from uh, 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 November 13th, 2007. Jimmy Eat World's Big Casino gets its quote-unquote first look on today's edition of TRL. Tune in at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Pacific on MTV. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a trip. Um, okay. And uh, um, ha- did you, what did you do for like PE in high school? Uh, in high school, well, we had a mix. I mean, we had the required running, so we would do the jog around the track. Uh-huh. Um, very rarely did we have an organized sport like soccer or baseball. Yeah, I that, think it that was always more seemed like an like, elective get or moving. something. Yeah, yeah, it was very much get them moving, uh, and then the coaches would just kind of have like a, a couple of different activities, but it was pretty much, this is the track, let's do stuff on the center of the track or around the track for this hour that we have. That's that was, good. That was my uh, PE. I yeah. went to a performing arts school, so you got to choose between... Uh, uh, you could, I, I suppose I could have done a sport like that, like gym or something. If I, if I wanted to, <laughs> I chose uh-huh. jazz for my first year and my, fi- my last three years I did uh ballet. Um, and I never got into tap, which was cool, but I, it was always like the period for tap was always like a different period that I wanted to do something else or it just never really worked out for me. So I did ballet and I did ballet with like all my best friends, um, and it, uh-huh. it was a blast, man. And um, there was like an old like uh, it was underneath the basketball courts, which was like the best. Like the way Hollywood High School is created, <laughs> it's like all on these like layers. There were like three layers deep. There was an Olympic sized swimming pool we never saw because it was like a different layer of this. Like I don't know. Imagine like a parking structure. That goes underground. That's exactly what I'm imagining. Yeah. But, but it was all like gym style things. So anyway, all the dance classes were one layer, one level below like ground level, I guess. Um, and so we would go down there. There was the tap room. There was the jazz room was done in like a basketball p- practice court, kind of, the, where the basketball, uh, like the nets weren't out or anything, but you could tell you were on like a basketball floor. And then sure. the. Um, the ballet room was in like the jazz or, or like the, the advanced dance classes um, shared because usually advanced dance was like uh, uh, like uh, saved for like seven seventh period, like the serious dancers. Um, it even sounds intense. Advanced dance. Yeah. Advanced dance. So advanced dance. Mr. Long's class was like seventh period. And then uh during the day, Miss Goldshine came and she was the ballet teacher. And I kind of had a crush on Miss Goldshine. I had a crush on a couple of friends that were in my ballet class. So anyway, um, you uh, do your exercises at the beginning and you have five positions, first position, second position, blah, 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 blah. And one thing we never really did yeah. was work on the bar, uh, which is where you kind of like put your arm, you know, and hold the, uh, hold on to like almost a handrail and do, and do your stuff. We never really sure. did that. There were sure. times that we sort of brought them out. So there was the ones up against the wall. And then there are these more open like ones that kind of almost look like like if you were skating with your friends and you'd bring out a rail to like <laughs> like skate on. <laughs> but like, you know, sure. waist height, 
and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I always had a really good open bar reception. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy. Oh, Epon. man. Thank you. All dude. of this is true. <laughs> this is awesome. And that was yeah. great. That was an excellent story. <laughs> I could have talked about the Patreon episode we did, but why not? Uh, well, you know what? And tossed, I think we should so. mention that. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. we should mention that. So we spent we spent uh, uh practically two hours with uh one of our patrons, um Linux, as you know him from our promo, uh learning about different types of beer. And he's got a degree in uh, the production of beer, so he's he's uh, he's one to say what's what. And so we've just spent a couple of hours, both with our wives, uh, experiencing this. He took us on a journey, and so we had home seven beers. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Seven seven beers later, here we are, and we're recording this open bar reception episode. And I feel like it's very fitting that we're doing this content now with this state and we called that episode over on uh patreon.com slash jimmy pod beer you me um yes and uh it's <laughs> it's very beer centric we had a great time i think the wives both had a really good time um i think it's gonna be a fun listen for sure yeah absolutely um that's all i had for housekeeping i probably f- had something else but who cares we'll figure it out um oh wait no sure there were a couple things we, we do yeah, we should mention yes. that we did put out a video that yes. addressed our uh, <laughs> the uh, the mistake that we made with our lyrics on Half Heart. And we listened to it. Well, actually, we didn't listen to it. I'm sorry. We took we took our source uh, at heart and said that, you know what, Genius has it right. And what they had said in their lyrics was colored coats. And what we had, I guess, heard in our mind was colored coats. We did not verify we didn't listen with our ears (laughs) well i want to say we even listened a little bit but maybe we didn't listen that intently but it's actually collect calls not colored coats yeah and so we we apologize to our listeners for for that uh that uh i don't know it just seemed like we uh we took a shortcut there and paid for it yeah i think we sort of glossed over it and we just sort of like we accelerated into the speed bump instead of like slow down and actually yeah so uh, I think uh, I think we've made up for it and uh, and we're better people because of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there was like that. a celebrity. And uh, uh, oh, there was something else. Let me pull it up here. Ah, Aaron, uh, who uh, Aaron Brungart commented today or one day ago now uh Famous 32s in sports. So remember, I was like, uh, I don't know. This is probably a famous sports number. I just can't come up with one. Uh, When we were talking about Jake T. O'Donnell's lists. In L.A. alone, Magic Johnson and Sandy Koufax. Now, Magic Johnson, I kind of thought in the back of my head, but I didn't want to like, I didn't know for sure, so I didn't want to say it out loud. I'm really embarrassed I didn't come up with Sandy Koufax. You know what though? I didn't want to make the the call on the pod and then and then have to retract that and say, "Yeah, it was really bad." Because I'm not into sports that closely. My father in law, brother in law, absolutely, they would have dropped it up immediately. But I just didn't feel like those numbers sounded so familiar. And you see them all. He's got his jersey up on the wall at yeah. Dodger Stadium. Yep. Right. You see it there. The but retired I just number wasn't yeah. confident. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, 
uh, th- those are famous 32s in sports. Uh, it wasn't uh, thinking back on it. It's just for JT O'Donnell's list, but uh, still important. So still, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. Aaron. That. Open bar reception, a chase to slight B side. Also, uh, big casino seven inch B side uh, track uh, one or if you count the yeah maybe yeah well it depends right <laughs> yeah or seven on the chase yeah i don't know right. uh produced by jimmy eat world recorded at unit two probably but also zach's house which we'll hear um release date 2007 uh and what what note do i have here offered as a pre-order bonus for chase this light at interpunk.com you could actually get a uh a cd single of this um, which a few of our listeners have, which is really cool. Um, yeah. Written by Jimmy Eat World, uh, sung uh, by Jim. Label is Interscope. Now, there are two notable high notes and two notable low notes, a G-sharp 4 and a G-4 for high note, and a D3 and C-sharp 3 as a notable low note. Uh, no tune bad info. It's uh, 3 minutes, 55 seconds, and no... ASCAP info. So apparently we can play this song all the way through and not get sued. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that's what it means when there's no ASCAP info, but I'm going to say that it is. <laughs> um, after all of that, Justin, do you want to get into the lyrics of this jam? Let's jump into it, man. So open bar reception. Um, the first time I can't remember which episode we had first listened to this. Uh, if it was actually on the always be kind of a teaser slash um spoiler there uh always be but we had listened to it and oh we got we, we both reacted with oh oh we know this uh mm-hmm. the melody here so listening to open bar reception the very first time uh just very briefly we both had that reaction but let's go ahead and look into open bar reception uh lyrically which is actually a cool tune i looked on song meaning so i did do a little bit of uh looking on that end but i with with a couple of looks uh, on the responses there i still did my annotations here so let's step through the lyrics here we've got verse one uh and this is again according to genius i'm not going to try and cop out but i did copy them from genius so we'll see uh, how far this gets us so verse one this should be a night to be remembered we'll remember you can be sure of that and again it's it's not well, which I know that Jim uses quite often to I think get a point across is the well comma that that little parenthetical in mm-hmm. there is sort of a well I know what you're saying over here but I'm gonna say this um, this isn't necessarily the same thing obviously because it's a contraction of we will but we'll remember you can be sure of that I kind of sense that second line as a little bit of like a backhanded comment or sarcasm. This should be a night to be remembered. Whatever's going to happen this evening, we're going to remember this. We'll remember you can be sure of that. That's sort of, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So a little bit of uh, prefacing here on on what we might be going through. In what way will we remember this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, On and on, we walk out to the crowd. I'm expected. You're expected. So I think these are people walking among the guests at this point. Yeah. And this is a couple. I'm expected, you're expected, not necessarily yet the bride and groom. Oh. So we could be on the bride and groom. I was going to say down the aisle, but. Yeah, I'm expected, you're expected. Let's just not uh, make that decision just yet. So this could be bride and groom, or it could be somebody else in this scene. No one else will know that you've been crying. 
Think of where we are and who will care. So the significant other of this individual narrating, uh, maybe there's some sort of, and we can't tell again, a happy, sad, or just some kind of sad, sad, but they've been crying. I don't know if it's a crying of joy or if it's a crying of loss or sadness. Uh, Again, we don't have a definite idea of who the narrator is just yet. Uh, And then this last bit of verse one, maybe we have a clearer idea now. I should have hired someone who could sing just a little better, Prince Controversy. And I think this is, now we're getting an idea of who this is about. Could this be the father of the bride? They hired a singer, maybe? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, I should have hired someone who could sing a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I think the Prince Controversy is an allusion to the fact that This is about the dad not being the king. The king of the day is the groom. That's his day. This is his day. Oh, clever. Prince Controversy, I feel, is more like the father of the bride. I was trying to find out what Prince song the singer sang that was inappropriate. (laughs) Right. And I, I went there for a moment. I thought that's not that obvious. And I think by saying instead of King Controversy, which is that sort of like, all right, Captain Obvious, uh, King Controversy could be the alliterative way of describing this, but I think Prince Controversy is a great way of describing this as, you know me as like, I'm the I'm I'm essentially the king of controversy, but today I'm Prince Controversy. Interesting. So, yeah, this could be, uh, going from what we've learned in the first three sections of this verse to now, is this could be potentially about the father of the bride. So keep that in mind yeah. as we go through the rest of these lyrics. Now, now we jump into the chorus, uh, which is essentially the same. This is following like that um, Lucky Denver Mint philosophy of just the same chords, but just a different yeah. tone, uh-huh. right? Uh, so I should feel we're going somewhere better. And, and I love these harmonies here, man. But I don't. And Jim sings, but I don't. Yeah, five syllables. It, Oh, it's so beautiful. So it's way better than but I don't. So when I say it like that, it's it's much better in the actual song uh, when you listen to it. So I should feel we're going somewhere better, but I don't. And in this case, so if, for this being the chorus, something is wrong. And they aren't feeling the way that they're expected to feel. And if we're going with that whole idea of this being the parents, uh, maybe they're having second thoughts about this. Like maybe this isn't the best decision. And not necessarily... Again, we're still speculating at this early part in the lyrics here. Maybe not necessarily for the bride and groom as being a couple, but just as, let's just say, your child moving on to that next stage in their life where they're finding a significant other and they're going to start their own family. And you're now a foot, like not necessarily, but kind of a footnote in their life where you go, oh, my dad and mom, yeah, they're they're doing their own thing. So there's a lot of feelings and thoughts going through this person's head. Um, as we read the first half of the chorus. And then we go through the second half of the chorus, where it's, why shouldn't, why should we be anything but strangers in clothes that we don't own? Love that line, Me in too. clothes that we don't own, right? It's just like, I went to Men's Warehouse to get my stuff. <laughs> and and they were ter- terrible, David. I don't know if if you guys went to any kind of... We bought ours. Yeah? Yeah. So did you get them fitted then? Yeah. So you guys looked good in them. Yes, I no longer fit in my suit, but I do still have it. Yeah, I definitely looked like a hobbit 
in Aww. line just because they were so the the shirt was looked like an extra extra large. I have a friend of mine, Devin, who just put his arms out, and there's a picture of him laughing because <laughs> how can you not? With how he, he could have fit two or three more of him <laughs> in this thing, it was sad. But I thought, you know what? It's we're it's you not, did not, we're not like the way you looked. looked. We're going for the whole feel. Yeah, <laughs> he did. You know what? He guaranteed it. I did not like the way we looked. But you know what? I didn't complain because that's not my style. And uh, but still, it was clothes that we didn't know. There was like it, the the whole all all of us essentially. Aside from Lindsay, who had purchased her dress, none of us had purchased anything. So I think that's a really cool line. Is that why should we be anything but strangers in clothes that we don't own? Um, and I think it's just like all of these people are here at at to party. Um, and they're not necessarily close friends, but they don't realize the change that's about to come. It's almost like the dad is saying, you guys don't realize what's going on right now. You're just here to have the free booze at the open bar and dance, right, to um, some Whitney Houston or something like that. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's what I feel like we're getting at with the chorus. So the chorus is like a big, a big moment for the band to throw out the feeling of this song. So we're kind of getting a little bit more of a look into what's going on. Verse two then goes into, which is shorter, it's half of the length of verse one here. I just realized that this has been the first time we've seen each other's vulnerability. And I think this is, again, talking between the two parents. And they're showing how they really feel now that the moment is upon them. I don't know if they've necessarily grown apart or if they've just sort of become accustomed to each other's normal day-to-day lives and it's like seeing this other part of this person like wow you're getting really emotional honey that sort of situation where it's somebody who is uh just kind of taking a little bit a step a little bit out of their character from what this this person or this individual has known so being very vulnerable and the second half of this verse goes on to say somewhere between hello and goodbye there is something serious that we always miss and I feel like this is saying either between the greeting and salutation of the guests or the relationship between the parents and the kids. I can't really tell what what they're talking about here. Whatever it is, it sounds like they feel like they missed out on something. Mm-hmm. It, it, if that is like time together or just getting to know that person better, but there's something serious that we that we always missed. And, and maybe that's like a parent grasping it at straws and just say like – you know, you're moving on. I didn't realize this day was coming so soon. Uh, what did we miss? I, I feel like we missed out on something special or something serious. And it's just, it's like, I think this is also like the narrator saying, it, it doesn't have to be a wedding. It can be any relationship. As you get comfortable in that relationship and you just get so used to saying hello and goodbye, you wake up and you you go to work and you say, I love you, honey. And you don't even realize that, oh, I've said, I love you, honey, 365 days this year out of the last 10 years that we've known each other. That's 36,000 times that I've said I love you. At least that one time. So when the when that mode changes, it's just you, you start to reflect on that and say, is there something going on or what am I missing here? I've I've kind of been asleep at the wheel for the last mm. nine and a half years. And and so it's it's kind of a reflection on what the what the hell am I doing? Uh, and then it, the chorus again repeats itself. And then we go into verse three here. And this is a cool little verse here is, is that now we're in, in scene, scenery wise, we're actually in the venue here with this, the, the wedding be, taking place. And it says drifting in and out, a priest is talking, 
something about a body from a bone. And I, I, you know, you and I both, I, we both went to church as, as kids, yep. right? Like the, the basically like sun, Sunday school. So um, I think this is just the dad, I'm assuming it's the dad nodding off or his mind is essentially wandering, just kind of still thinking, reeling from the, what's going on that day. While the, while the, uh, the priest is giving a sermon about Adam giving his rib for Eve, which is, I, I assume I, I haven't been to a wedding recently, but it's just. You know, it's like one of yeah, those yeah, things. I got the allegory, but at the wedding, I I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. And this maybe it's just one of those things you have to go through is the the throes of, of the wedding as a priest. So, uh, it, yeah, something about a body, something about a body from a bone. And the way that it's written, something about a body mm-hmm. from a bone just sounds like the dad is just not connected yeah. to the whole world. He's, he's got his own thing in his mind. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of a cool line for verse three years. A thinking man said, I could never be half as close to you as you are to me. And I think about if this is if this is what I'm insinuate or what I'm gathering from this, what I'm gleaning from this is that a thinking man said, I could never be. Maybe this is the dad reflecting on how when he was married to his wife, her father, a thinking man, I don't know if he was a brilliant guy or what, or just felt like he was brilliant, said, I could never be. Maybe that dad said, you're not going to be worth it for my daughter. And maybe that's what the dad's going through with this is like reflecting on, is this like the right relationship for my son? And I I don't know if that's what they're getting at, but maybe it it just reminds me of so many country songs about like the girl falling in love with the guy and like the dad saying, you're not good for my daughter. But remember, you know, the wife says, remember when your dad or my dad said to you that you weren't worth it for me. And now we're, we're still together and we made our own child, our own daughter. So I don't know if that's if that's what they're getting at here is, but a thinking man said I could never be. That's what I'm gleaning from this is that uh, this could be the father-in-law from years before saying, you know, you're never going to be anything for my daughter. Um, half as close to you know you you as are I'm sorry you as you are to me. Yeah, I, it's just like maybe it's the dad coming to grips with reality that maybe this guy <laughs> all that's going on in this whole day of marriage at this, at this open bar reception for this marriage is actually, you know, what what is actually occurring. So a couple of different things I want to note here is the chorus now changes. And so it goes from, I should feel we're going somewhere better, but I don't. That's the initial chorus. Now the the next two choruses start off Mm. with this. I should feel it all leads somewhere better, but I don't. And I think this is where they're reiterating again, a very Jimmy world, um, characteristic of songwriting. They're reiterating the feeling uh, that uh, he should find hope and satisfaction in the fact that he and his wife um, are happily married, even though he feels like maybe this this wedded couple maybe aren't a perfect match. And then again, a third time, a little bit differently, a variation again, I should feel we'll get to someplace better. So I from I should feel it all leads somewhere better to I should feel we get to someplace better, but I don't. It just feels like someone going through this thought in their mind again and again and again. Something about it just doesn't feel right. They can't shake it. But um, I'm hoping that by the end of this, I mean, there's really no resolution in this. Just like the, you can kind of grasp from what they're saying is that hopefully the dad got over it. It doesn't really matter. It's not their decision to make. It's the son and daughter of these other two families that have wedded that it's really their new life. But open bar reception to me is kind of like that thought process of the father of the bride from 
from you know scene one to where the day is actually occurring to that moment where the couple is dancing. You know, they're in the first dance. The couple comes out on the onto the stage, and they're out there dancing to that moment where it's like I I haven't felt that for myself as a dad, but I can imagine that it's going to be very surreal for me, and I'm going to be oh, going yeah. through a lot. I can only imagine having and and for both. I mean, I've got a son and a daughter, so I don't know what it's going to be like for either. But uh, I can only imagine it's going to be very emotional, David. <laughs> so there you have it. Those are the lyrics for uh, "Open Bar Reception." A very it's, it's a very pretty song. It is, and it I I uh, it it definitely sounds like always be, and I definitely got postal service vibes from it a little bit. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of the intro of such great heights. Do you want to listen to the intro of such great heights a little bit, and then we'll listen to a little bit of the intro of uh, open bar reception? Yeah, sure. So it's when the bass kicks in right here. The synth pad reminds me of it. Oh, yeah. So sick. Love that intro. Classic. Now, let's listen to... Open bar reception. Just in case I sent it to you. Yeah. Have it up. No worries. Let's see. Uh, Right. Bar. Okay. Here we go. Here's open bar reception. And here's open bar reception for comparison. Oh, yeah. Definitely with the bass. Oh, yeah, definitely can tell that from the bass there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what's funny is I noticed that, you know, everyone says, oh, it sounds like always be. It sounds like always be. Not only is the vocal melody similar, the word night literally hits on the same syllable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should we listen to a little bit of the night. intro to always be? Sure. Here, I got that up. Having just heard the intro to. Yes. Open bar. All right. Here we go. What a jam. Yeah. Right? So good. Uh, There you have all three. Um, Yeah, definitely got Postal Service vibes from it. It's very much like in the middle of both of those. And then obviously it's got the the, the melody that that, kind of goes between always be an open bar reception. But now I went on my normal Twitter deep dive and I saw that Zach Lind posted April 30th, 2013. I lowered the price on this snare. I used it on open bar reception for what it's worth. And he was selling a snare on Craigslist. The post is dead. Um, right. But uh, that's pretty cool. Somebody might 
owns Zach's the snare heard here on open bars. Oh, I'm guaranteed somebody owns it. In fact, yeah. you know, like there's people like Frank D that love the band. And I, I even asked him when I was talking with him about after his surgery and I was kind of talking like, what, what, what do you do outside of just liking the band? And he goes, I don't really play much music, but I just love the band and I try to acquire as much as I can. There's gotta be people out there like Frank that just pick up, stuff just for the that nostalgic reason or just having yeah. something from the band it, like let's say that the band doesn't want it zach doesn't want it well there's gonna be like at least a half a dozen people that absolutely want that item just to kind of keep it in in the cycle and just say hey look i, I ended up keeping this you know it cost me a pretty yeah. penny but you know i was the one that held on to this yeah totally. <laughs> as the band continued yeah even recently i bought like blink singles so i could import the cd at like a lossless uh, right yeah format and it does it sounds better than any you know napster download i had from or message board download i had from the early 2000s right yeah we're coming around to that flax stuff next (laughs) (laughs) i i uh i i am totally fine i i i guess i respect flack but i just do apple lossless i'm like that's good enough yeah i mean if you can if you i guess everyone's going uh with uh, like streaming, ser- not streaming services, but ba- like essentially a uh, capless bandwidth. If you can do that, if you can afford that, sure, go ahead. Spare no expense. Spare no expense. On October 5th, 2009, the band tweeted out the song on twit.fm. They were big on twit.fm. I never got it. Never understood it. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. Right. Was it, was it a very streaming service? Lived. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's look what it was. Let's see. Twit.fm. Let's see. It's just taking me. It doesn't know what that is. There's a twit.fm account. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, now you had mentioned <laughs> me neither. <laughs> uh, talking about accounts. So I had looked. I'm, I'm going to send you an image. But uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you something else. So I had looked on MySpace and found that there was a, oh, list, a listing for open bar reception. Come on. Right? On MySpace. Good on you, man. I didn't even think to go to MySpace. And I went and I, just to see if there was anything else I could, th- I could see. I logged back into my old MySpace account. Whoa. And it said you can either put in your the URL, right, which was like your your handle like myspace.com slash this. So I think mine was JM experience, the Justin Miller experience, right? Woo. It was either that (laughs) or it was like, it was my email address. So I ended up putting my email address, but by putting that in, it said, okay, here's your, the two things you need. Reset my password, logged back into MySpace for the first time in like 30 years, uh, just to see if there was any more information I could, I could get from this. (laughs) There's That's not great. really anything else. Aww. I mean, we've do- we've discussed about how MySpace had lost their media, but yeah. there were still some stats on here. So looking at open bar reception, it's track one right here. So I'm assuming that they're talking about that release, the, essentially the open bar reception release before um, Chase This Light. It had 29,085 plays. I was impressed by that. That's what's and, up. And this is what... Kind of, kind of threw me for a loop here, though. Only two hearts, which I imagine are like favorites or bookmarks, essentially. So that's a lot of listens or plays for this track, and so few likes. 
But I wonder I still, if it was like the autoplay track on their profile. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping that it was 29,000 individual plays that people had gone through open bar reception. But uh, I mean, there were a lot of people in looking at the community stuff. There were a lot of people looking for this track later. So maybe you know, several of those 29,000 were those that had listened to it initially. Uh, but I also looked on Discogs and found there were a couple of listings. So there was. You had mentioned one of one, which was the open bar reception uh, released in 2007. Was I don't know if there was an exact date on that release. Did you have that? It was. It came with your pre-order at interpunk.com. So probably the release date of the record. It probably shipped with your record. Okay. All right. So like uh, like October-ish. All right. Well, yes. then there was the Japan Deluxe that came out that was released in uh, March 12th of 2008. So... Like six months. Yeah, about six months past October, this one came out. Now, I don't know if you looked at this one on on, uh, Discogs at all. Again, this is like one of those Japanese releases where they they throw in a bunch of weird different stuff, which is just going to be very intriguing to their area, just going to try and get their uh, the people in Japan to, to purchase this. But if you're looking at that, I sent you the image of this, but on the very front of this, it says yeah. super dry, and dry is in quotes, and there's nothing else. There's no logo. There's like a CM after it. I couldn't find anything that led me to why that was placed on there other than it being uh, presented to Japan. I mean, I looked into it, and there was a couple of things. There's like a there's like a corporation that was created for clothing called Super Dry. Yeah. Yeah, but I really couldn't find anything. I don't know if you came across anything. Um, I tried to look on. Let me take a look. If there was anything specifically associating like super dry with like Japanese culture, and so I started looking up. Like I I even searched, "What does super dry mean in Japan?" And uh, it this is how you're supposed to pronounce this: super dry, super dry. Let me see if I can get this. I'm gonna play this little playback here. And see if I have have uh, knocked this out. I practiced a few times. Super dry. Ah, okay, pretty Whoa. close, pretty close. Super dry. So it's not super that different. Dorai. Very cool sounding, but not that different from actually reading super dry. Um, yeah, I don't know if you could figure out anything. I'm gonna run this through Google Translate because uh, there's text Some underneath characters. it. Yeah, there that are. I can't uh, make out here. So let's take a look. Ah. Super dry sweetness recording. Oh, okay. So they're just, uh, so it is a bit of a cultural thing where they're just saying super dry. And, and if we're going to talk about super dry, when when I think of super dry, I think of Asahi super dry. And yeah. so I was actually looking up, well, what the heck does super dry mean? And so with a dry beer, talking again about on the topic of beer, we just talked with Jed about this. What is extra or super dry beer? Uh, in dry beer, the fermentation process is extended to allow for more natural sugars to break down and convert to alcohol. Uh, varieties that are ferment that are termed super dry use even longer fermentation, resulting in a beer that is full in strength but has fewer carbs. So, um, like when you're enjoying something like sushi, where you're essentially eating carbs, uh, you're not eating like nori or or any kind of uh, sashimi or anything like that. You're actually eating the rice. I imagine that you're going to want a beer that's going to hit you hard and not give you extra carbs. So I, I'm assuming that's why they they promote super dry beer or even dry beer 
for that matter, in Japan. But uh, it just sounds like they're kind of doing a little bit of a play on that and saying this is super dry sweet. Yeah. What was it? Sweetness what? Uh, a super dry sweetness recording. Okay, super dry sweetness. So it's a little bit. It's like kind of a, a cool thing to put up My there. guess is that, yeah, I don't know. The, the, here's what the text says on the side. To that place where the light shines, die, die, die. Uh, it looks like a live recording, live single day song, song for flight taken by TKU2, Jew fan V, I'm two schools, Lux E, Young. Um, I'm assuming some of that is getting lost in the uh uh-huh. translation, yeah. The quality of the uh, photo here. Um, but then the big white text says Jimmy Eat World, Chase This Light. And then maybe the record label or something. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it that it says all that on the side. In, in addition to the Jimmy yeah. World Chase This Light, which is the natural. First production limited edition is that green bar at the bottom. Okay. It's really cool that we're able to do this. Yeah. And even in the quality. So I don't know if it was like through the image that I had sent you, but that's not even that great a quality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, at the bottom by the Interscope thing is like the price. Yeah, oh, so it's 28, is that 2,800 yen? 2,800 yen, yeah. Okay. And then is it like Kino against R? Like, I don't know what any of that means, but yeah, super dry, CM, sweetness. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for doing that, David. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, between that and, oh, you know what I also came across was a Chorus FM mention. hey Hell yeah, you know, always, always good to hear that. This was from... Jord Alsh on October 16th of 2017 uh, with here. Let me send this to you. If you want to, I don't know how to do this. If I can send you the direct one, but you can look for, you can do like the, the find. And uh, this is Jord Alsh saying, be sensible and open bar reception are essential. Jimmy, they could have put out a really great stand my side tonight type EP after, but I love that uh, image that Jord Alsh has it, which is, um, from Twin Peaks, if I'm not mistaken, right? In what in what context? So it's got um, oh my gosh, I'm I'm blanking on his the, the actual actor's name, but it's him enjoying a cup of coffee. Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin's character yeah. enjoying a nice, uh, damn fine cup of coffee. In fact, I I brought up just because I loved that that scene so much. I brought up that scene here. So I'm, let's listen to that yes, real quick, please. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this, this is one of the best. Now, I'd like two eggs over hard. I know, don't tell me, it's hard on the arteries, but old habits die hard. Just about as hard as I want those eggs. <laughs> Classic. Heck yeah. You know what? That was us tonight with Jed sniffing and, and uh, taking in all that beer. There's more oh, yeah. than just taste, guys. There's an olfactory oh, yeah. response to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was from uh, Chorus FM. I liked that that little image that, that uh, Jordal had, but also that nice thing to say is that be sensible and open bar reception are essential, Jimmy. It's, it's, this is a great song. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I have for this one. That was fun translating all of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Courtney B. Smith on Facebook or Courtney Smith on Facebook. Uh, oh, yes. OK, 
Here we go. She pointed out that Zach had played open bar reception on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, so sure enough, I went and found the post here. So this is from December 2nd, 2020. iPhone microphone test. First is the tulip and second is the walnut. I replaced the Evans heads with Remo percussion Emperor X's and I swapped out the triple flange hoops for die cast. I think I have a favorite. What's yours and why? So let's I, listen to part one and part two. I love how into the, the drums this guy is. Okay. Oh, is. yeah. So, yeah, you can hear it in there. He doesn't necessarily mention it in his comment, but like very closely down there. Just hear a couple. Uh, like it was T- TK Nep 3 is open bar reception, drooling face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You can just tell that. Give them a like. You just on wait that for that bass to go. Yep. Indie California. This is my favorite drum beat of yours. I play it all the time. Great song. Oh, man. It is good. And I'm so glad you have such good Instagram food, dude, being able to find this. <laughs> we were doing research at the same time, and you yeah, happened to right? ask me about it right when I was like, I'm in the middle I of doing that I love when that happens. Right and you and I can so message good. each other, and you go, I know, right? Yeah. And be on the same page. Yeah. So here's a fun one. Literally last week, I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to put the link for you to buy and find this song online. Every post went all the way back, 83 episodes, 84 episodes, did them all. And here this week, this song is really hard to find online. (laughs) (laughs) Really hard to find online. Uh, So Futures Past had his up. That's gone on YouTube. Yep. Uh, Steve's Room Music. Uh, We uploaded it, I'm assuming, so you could do a rave DJ. Yep. Uh, That got pulled down almost immediately. Um, I found another one on YouTube from some other user, somebody on Reddit. I mean, just plenty of posts on Reddit talking about how difficult this song is to find um so i i don't i don't really have a solution for anybody except for to watch out for it on discogs i guess because yeah it's it's been pulled from youtube and everywhere so um well yeah even in 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 the and i might get into this when we go through like the the community threads and going through uh reddit is like somebody said that the drm that allows you to download it is no longer active so you can't even get it if Mm. you have a and if, if you were to have an active code that still worked, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's not gettable. Yeah, it's so, not gettable. And the, yeah, that's kind of a trip. Um, mostly because get this. I did my posts to Zach as I do every week. And Zach responded this week. I say, uh, any rad memories of the creation of open bar reception? And he says, I recorded the drums in my office at my old house with two mics, mainly just for the better demo, but it ended up being the final version for whatever reason. Wow. Um, yeah, which is just totally cool that he did that. Not only that, but he backs it up when he was on Tom Mullen's podcast. So if you switch over to um, Frame.io, yeah. you'll, uh, I've got two clips in there. One is of Zach on Tom Mullen's podcast, and one is of Jim talking about Zach recording the drums on that, and both of them talking about wanting to track this song again maybe one day. Oh, so, yeah, really, huh? Uh, yeah, let's start with Zach uh, Zach and Holly from the Wretched Desert on Tom Mullen's Washed Up Emo podcast. 
uh, and listen to a little bit of Zach talking about open bar reception. And Tom Mullen drooling over it because oh, he yeah. loves the song. <laughs> okay, let's see. I love the song Open Bar Reception. Yeah. I, pl- I actually play that at the DJ night that I've been doing the last four years or so in, in New York City. And it always gets someone being like, wait a minute, who is this? Um, and it always gets a really good response. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I I think that was uh, – uh, I think it's a really cool tune too. The thing I remember about that song is I recorded that Tunes. in our old house. Yeah. Um, I recorded the drums of that in our old house with like – I think I had like a kick drum mic and like an SM57 just overhead, like two mics. And that's what it was. And that's why the hi-hat is so freaking loud on that song. Like, <laughs> there's like two mics on the, on the kit. But yeah, um, that's it. I feel like that's a cool song too. I think that would be cool to like maybe retract that or play it live or something. What what record was that off again? That was the – what Chase This Light, right? Maybe, yeah. I can't remember anymore. It's got to be – yeah, it's, it has to be Chase This Light, yeah. yeah. Um, so that is uh... – that's Tom Mullen interviewing Zach. And then uh, when he had Jim on his podcast, uh, it came up again because it's Tom's like favorite song. Oh, yeah. Here we go. It was a Jim. Great song. O- open bar reception with Chaseless Light, which is like a huge request for the emo night that we do in New York City. Um, people love that song. Oh, really? Yeah. That, oh, wow. Yeah. It always gets someone to come up and be like, is this Jimmy World? I'm like, yeah, they're like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I think. I always that, like that song. I always like that song. It was kind of. My personal request for the upcoming tour add that song to the set list. I'm telling you, people are going to be soaked on it. <laughs> it's a party. It is. You know, it's funny. It's like our. our, um, our um, I mean, Zach cut the drums to that. Like, I, I put down some weirdo, like, uh, uh, really sketchy kind of drums, and he cut drums i think like 157 overhead <laughs> and that's that's what's on the album that's what's on the, that version that you probably have mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like i don't know it's just, it's just funny sometimes like i think that the whole idea about recording and and being precious about sound is kind of I mean, just use your ears you know if something sounds cool go with it if something doesn't sound cool change it yeah you know you don't really have to know you don't have to know uh, i mean i don't know Knowing the rules, knowing the rules to, to audio engineering helps you understand what you know how you can push yourself to break them. But it's no big deal if you just start off breaking all the rules. <laughs> like, no, I mean, use your ears. If something sounds cool, keep keep at it. If something doesn't sound cool, change. Isn't that so true, man? Like you and I, like for for example, Zach just said he he recorded this with one single SM57 over the he- overhead right and that's that's what i'm essentially recording my end on here yeah, yeah yeah and it doesn't matter what you record it in and it's kind of like you're just pushing like what jim said you're pushing the engineer to do a little bit more work in the post end like just to maybe clean it up a little right. bit or bring it down but it doesn't really matter because you're it's more about the feel of the sound and the song than the quality yeah. of it and, and and you know even if the quality is crappy maybe you make that part of the track and that makes it that much more memorable when you're listening to it. Yeah. And that episode was from 2013. He's gone on to back himself up, Jim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by doing one mil on his phone and ha- yeah. having Davey Havoc record his vocals on his iPhone. Hell yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jim's right, man. If it sounds rad, who cares? Yeah, who cares, I, man? Who would have known? Exactly. That after the mastering and bass and everything on that song that Zach recorded it with two mics in his office at home yes 
And I love that it's so memorable for Zach and Jim. Like, I remember Zach probably just told Jim, like, hey, dude, I just recorded this. So I think I had a bass drum mic in this. <laughs> and, and that's like Jim, it, it just resonated with Jim. And he goes, you know, this was like on a 57 uh, overhead. It was a single mic little thing. And it's just like, it's a cool little story you can tell, too. And no one, yeah. no one's the wiser listening to Open Bar Reception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other track notes you have on this? Um, no, not really. No, no more track notes. No. Yeah. It sounds rad. Um, I got a little bit oh, yeah. of community stuff. If you want to dig into that, yeah, man, I got a, I got a few. But you want to start? Go ahead. Hit me with some of what you got. All right. This is between sixty and seventy on Jake T. O'Donnell's list. Sixty-seven. Nailed it. Boom. Number sixty-seven. Open bar reception. Chase this light. Bonus track. Two thousand seven. Here's another of the excellent Chase this light era non-album tracks. Many of which are better than the songs that actually appeared on the album. Open bar reception continues a lineage of songs with interesting percussion, cutting things here and there, and moving around to make a collage of different sounds. I've never really been able to tell if this song is just about hooking up at a wedding or something more significant. <laughs> Is it from the perspective of the groom? Because why would somebody randomly at the wedding have hired a band they wished it was a little better? There are a lot of ways this one could go. But the lyrics are fantastic. Why should we be anything but strangers in clothes that we don't own? And an unexpected reference to an early Prince song, one that I don't really think would be played at a wedding. I love open bar reception and wish more people knew it existed. So he's saying it is in reference to an early Prince song. What early Prince song is it? I, 484J pod, if you know. <laughs> yeah. I, is there a Prince song called Controversy? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big Prince head, so I wouldn't know. I'm looking it up. Yes, there is a, an album by Prince called Controversy, and there's a song called Controversy. And why not? Let's take a listen to a little bit of controversy ah, seven minutes so huh this, <laughs> this song was played at this wedding apparently all the people can you imagine somebody was probably mad at us oh i'm not over now, that you know earlier. what no exactly now but you know what we got to it oh man i miss prince it always looks so cool man I know song. this song. I'm so embarrassed. I mean, it's a Prince song. Obviously, it rules. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I fucking know that song, too. Wow. Embarrassing. Ah. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, Jake okay. O'Donnell's take. We caught it. Number- 67 yeah man thanks jake t o'donnell yes um what what do you have community wise uh i got a few things i got about five different five or six different links a few from reddit here and let's see there was essentially somebody saying asking rather uh chase the slide expanded edition on spotify again fire up the system user 
Uh, I don't recall seeing this before, but it caught my eye that there are two albums of Chase of Slide on Spotify. It looks like the expanded edition was just added, and it, include, and it includes a cover of Springsteen's Take Em As They Come as an acoustic version <laughs> of Dizzy. Um, and then, oh, what was in this thread? Was I in this thread? Ah, uh, yes, I was in this thread, and maybe that's why there I had linked to this one. Uh, and the 2007 version of Your House by St. Edward, uh, to oh, which I replied, great. this version is in all caps, so good, that arpeggiated acoustic guitar and those harmonies. And check this out. And I followed up to myself. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, didn't think to check on SoundCloud. Found it. And then I linked to Your House 2007 on SoundCloud. Um but really, uh, uh, in the context of this episode, uh, one <laughs> one response below was Noko Dave. Uh, there's actually six bonus tracks to chase this light, and I wish they put out a master edition that has them all, right? I get that. Uh, I've managed to get Distraction, Be Sensible, Open Bar Reception, Take a Misery Come, and the acoustic version of Dizzy, buying it off of various platforms, but can't for the life of me find Beautiful Is. It's like people that are trying to just find these, these different tracks and... Uh, this one was from a year ago, so I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, that in this case, uh, Noko Dave found his. Uh, another one was from Bayer Fifty Two. What are your fav- What are your five favorite B sides? And I just wanted to note that on his list or her list, here's my top five. Number one was Open Bar Reception, followed by Roller Queen, Shame, When I Want, and Be Sensible. Open Bar Reception for Bayer Fifty Two. Number one. Uh, just seven months ago, LimeWire demos from Take the Kaleidoscope. Just wondering where all my illegal demo downloading fiends are. <laughs> I love it, right? At one point, I had a whole mixed CD of random Jew demos, and it is gone forever, but it had some crazy stuff on there that I now desperately miss, such as, I love that the, I love that they're so frank and just saying, look, where are my illegal de- demo downloading fiends at? Oh, yeah. You know, not, not you know, d- dancing around anything. So their fourth. I mean, bullet. the band themselves uploaded I, their demos. Yeah, they just want to share their music, and I'm glad this wasn't taken down. There's no like uh, submitted seven months ago by uh, deleted. No, it's by take the kaleidoscope. I'm glad it was it stayed up. But their fourth bullet point was open bar reception, which I actually saw Zach post a drum demo on Insta. So maybe this wasn't there as obscure of a track as I thought. I think that was the moment that I messaged you and, and you said I found it minutes later. <laughs> And then, uh, okay, uh, a couple of months ago, anyone else think it's crazy that step one got cut from damage by bro, can we get L-R-O-T-N-O-G? Don't know what that means. Bro, can we get Lorong? Lorong. Uh, and then down in the comments, uh, C-Cubed has mentioned, I think How Do You Have Me is incredibly underrated, but yeah, step one would have been on damage. But my answer to this question uh, posed by your title, not nearly as crazy as Aeneas being cut from invented but then futures 2004 mentions Aeneas is so good i personally don't know what they were uh what they were on recording chase this light but i think the b-sides were crazy how'd be sensible open bar reception and stop all get written and then cut from chase this light definitely could have cut out gotta be somebody's blues and maybe electable for any of those but you could go days and days on what could be cut and added back in right yeah uh, and the last thing I have is from Walking on a Wires, Chase This Light Survivor results from four years ago. And of the 17 places, Open Bar Reception took 16th place, which kind of sucks. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher up on that rating. Yeah, but it was like 
Like it, that, was, that was like the third or fourth one out, right? Oh, what a bummer. Yeah, you Don't. know what? It, what a beat out. Take them as they come. I'm going to give <laughs> Which myself is also a like great some song. Kind of ulcer. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, guys. I love Chase This Light. I think there's so many great songs on oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's hard yeah. to choose, but yeah. So, anyway, that's what I got. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what I got for uh, Reddit. I did actually find, again, like very rarely do we find stuff on gamefacts.gamespot.com, uh, but I did find somebody. <laughs> I know, right? From Reginald Clovis, only two years ago. Uh, and the topic of this conversation is best post-futures Jimmy World songs in the music rock, uh, I guess, that board. And his top, Reginald Clovis's top 15. Uh, number one was Invented, then Paul Roger, then Dizzy, Stop, Little Thing. And number six of 15 is Open Bar Reception, right before Mixtape, which I listened to. I told you I was listening to Invented the other day. And mixtape is just so freaking good, man. Well, like yeah. like an mixtape rules. Oh, mixtape rules. But right before that, they've got open bar reception at place six. And again, I've been searching on Amazon a bit just for some some content, right? Additional content. Oh, this one came from the Big Casino Jimmy World. The single. I'm sorry, this was the Big Casino. So I imagine that uh, they bought the seven inch. Yeah, then. They bought this, right? But yeah. Which came, yeah, came from, with Big Casino album version and Beautiful Is and this individual, uh, doc, Dr. Robert A. Josie, mind you, uh, says, let's see, this C, first thing they say is this CD doesn't actually contain the track Open Bar Reception. It's just the same as the single in the shops, which is a disappointment. That's and interesting, then goes on, yeah, because, yeah. Goes on to talk about the rest of the, uh, the album, but yeah, disappointment. Yeah, the CD had Beautiful Is and Big Casino, whereas the 7-inch had Big Casino and Open Bar Reception. So this, Dr. Robert A. Josie bought the CD and was disappointed to yeah. find out. So still gave it still gave it 5 out of 5. So great on his <laughs> point, right? So it titled it Intriguing and then went on to just go talk about the rest of it. But just it, like made a disclaimer at the beginning saying that this does not yeah. include Open Bar Reception. FYI. I wonder if the early metadata had the wrong data. It may have. And Dr. Robert A. Josie felt victim to that. <laughs> um, I saw that Lindsay Foster had responded to a uh, Matthew Steinsland boss. Uh, Matthew says, what moments have you had where you realized a reference within a Jimmy Eat World song that you are rather uh, that is rather obscure or that few would get because you have to know oh, things very yes. well. That's a great question. And Lindsay Foster says, I'm not sure this fits what you're asking, but when I first heard Open Bar Reception, I loved it and listened a few times. Later, humming the tune, I realized I it was the same as the beginning of Always Be. I thought that was so smart. Then I realized every other Jimmy fan knew that already. Someone in this group needs to speak up because he slash she blew my mind with the Otis <laughs> Redding cigarettes and coffee knowledge. Which uh, was you, if I... Uh, That's the second time that this person correctly. has noted it. And I didn't, like, jump out and say, well, hey, it was me. I mean, because it yeah. could have been somebody else. But really, I think there was no one else before us. I mean, if you want to get down to it, yeah, I guess it was me that had found that whole thing out. But there was, there was none of us that had mentioned that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the second time I've, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of humbling to hear that. You come yeah, up right? and speak out. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> he or she is Justin Miller. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then Zach did an Instagram live uh, from the band's account three months ago. Uh, and in that, he had mentioned 
wanting to play open bar reception live. Yeah. Thinking that would be rad. Yeah. Um, and that's what I have for community. Community. Um, uh, Joe Calderon has the big casino seven inch and Matt Rogowski has the Japanese import CD uh, single or er, and the Japanese import and the CD single. Ooh, which uh, those are cool finds. Um, and I guess that takes us into covers. Yes, man. Uh, I've got three covers. Probably the same, the same three that okay, I have. Yeah. Uh, should we do Brian Bayer first? Let's do it, man. Uh, yeah, hit me with that one. This is the one that re- was on SoundCloud. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. I wrote low key single guitar new arrangement. Good. I I had written buzz yes. slower, but sounds <laughs> buzzy great. was the last word I wrote there. Yeah, <laughs> St. Manville <laughs> vibes. Oh yeah, there you go. I, you know, like I when I think of St. Manville, I think Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. <laughs> So if Brian C. Byer came to you and said, David, I got this issue with this buzz, what would you tell him? I'd tell him he's definitely got a ground that he's got to get found. He's got to find the grind. Find the grind. Yeah, ground find, the that, ground. find that ground, Found man. the ground. Find the grind, dude. Find it, don't grind it. <laughs> <laughs> found it, don't ground it. Yeah. <laughs> ground it. Ground it before you found it. Yeah, definitely he's got, a, he's got a grounding issue there for sure. <laughs> um. Broken Heart Boulevard on YouTube. I wrote, good. Vocals only on the left side? Oh, my God, it blows up. Yes. Yeah. And the harmonies, man. I got remarked about the harmonies. Got to respect the harm. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Broken Heart Boulevard. And this was only posted recently. Yeah. Three weeks ago. May 1st. Expected. 
No one else will know that you've been crying Think of where we are and who would care I should have hired someone who could sing Just a little better Prince Controversy I should feel yeah. we're going somewhere better But I don't Why should we be anything but strangers In clothes that we don't own So the image on this YouTube video is like of a wedding reception which could be a Google image, but I was like, in my head, Canon, that yeah. was his wedding. Yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing. Sick. You want to introduce us to our final cover here? Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, I Am Charlie U. Is that who you've got, man? That's who I've got. Uh, and I, yeah, this is our uh, uke cover here. Oh, yes. This was the, the seafarer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought he was out to sea, and I was yes. like, does my dude have an eight-stringed uke? Yes. So two questions, right? Uh, mine was answered where it's just a roof behind him. Apparently, <laughs> he's <Hi>. not. <laughs> uh, but yes. Okay, fine. Um, hey, this is my first uh, video recording of a cover. Um, hope you enjoy. It's Open Bar Reception by Jimmy World. But I think it is an eight-string uke, man. Look at that headstock. Yeah. It's like a full-size headstock. Charlie, you sounds great. Uh, I am, however, I have never heard of an eight-stringed uke. Me neither. I, and, and the uke, uh, the fact that I thought he was out at sea, turned out to be a roof. I'm more concerned now with the state of that chimney in the background that looks like it's straight out of some kind of Willy Wonka uh, and is ready to tip over. But I imagine it's still probably structurally sound. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a chimney aficionado, but and you know a there's <laughs> there is one thing I did want to share on behalf of uh Jed because he did spend so, so much time with us. He did uh mention this uh in our private conversation. And I this came across when you searched for open bar reception. Uh, this is Garrett and oh, Tessa's yes, thank you. Yeah, wedding from twenty fifteen. So December of 2015, so just about six years ago. We got one more thing. And if you watch this, groomsmen to the front. 
Um, this is interesting because you can watch Garrett's reaction to a friend of his who apparently knows Jim pretty well. But has previously coordinated this. Anybody that knows Garrett really well knows how much Garrett likes music and how really, really good at music Garrett is. I kind of want, I kind of want to know how good Garrett is at music now, though. You know that his favorite band of all time. I found him on Facebook recently. I think I messaged him. He did not write me back. Jim Atkins of Jimmy World and said, "Hey Jim, can you come sing something for Garrett at his wedding, for Garrett and Tessa?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah. So Jim Atkins is here, everybody. I love how genuine Garrett's reaction is here. Like right now, he's in disbelief. He's got what the hell are you guys talking about? There's no freaking way. And I mean, at this point, he's probably in view. His wife, his now wife, is looking, going, what? What? And you, I love this. This oh. microphone keeps falling, but you know what? Jim is such so a seasoned rad. performer. He knows how to hold the fucking mic. That's great. Well, congratulations, you guys. Garrett, still in disbelief, man. I guess a lot of the songs I have aren't exactly happy. So I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with the one that's kind of more in the in the 80 percentile here. Ah, he's got that matone, baby. Sounds so good, man. Imagine that guy sitting there with your little whiskey, two feet from Jim Atkins. Right? Gosh. He's got that Rick POV. Yeah, he's going to text his buddy, I'm right by Jim Atkins. He's like, guys. Gosh, uh, I'd lose it, man. <laughs> I know you I'd and I would be mess. Yeah, we would be crying up at the front on our knees. <laughs> Jim, please. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, oh, yeah. okay. One last thing. <laughs> one last thing I had. So we couldn't. I could not upload a ver any version of open bar reception. Nope. They interception. <sighs> right, interception. So I took it upon myself to create my own uh, Jade Rave DJ. <laughs> of always be an open bar reception that I have titled op always be open bar. And <laughs> it's about four minutes long. I want to listen to the whole damn thing because it's got a little bit of a, a, a buildup to I'm it. Stoked, man. I I'm am, so glad you did this. I am not a, a mashup guy, but you can hear that. I, I tried to just mix in bits so you could hear where always be fits into open bar reception. So, so this, rad. Is, this is called uh, always be open bar. Here we go. 
There was a couple of rough spots, but I felt like at the end, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. <laughs> yeah. That was terrific. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you were able to do that. I'm, you know, as bummed as I am that we weren't able to do uh, any upload for anybody yeah. on YouTube at any in any way to do a rave DJ. I'm so glad you did one because you yeah. nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, man. Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song Open Bar Reception? I really Jimmy like this World. song. Uh, I, I'm going to agree with Jake T. O'Donnell. The lyrics are really good on this track. Even the harmonies. I love harmonies. I'm such a fan of harmonies. And in the chorus of this song, they really hit those harmonies well. 
And so this is, uh, yeah, this is, for me, this is a big, huge uh, love track for me. Uh, and what about you, man? I agree. Um, it's hard. I thought about to myself, there are a lot of people in the fan community, this is regarded as one of the best B-sides that the band has. And a lot of people are like, oh, this should have been on the record. Um, I don't think it's as good as Always Be. I think they're both yeah. terrific songs. But Always Be has a chorus. Yeah, yeah. And you I, you did exactly what the song needed. So, you know what I mean? Which was essentially just to turn it into Always Be. Um, <laughs> they knew what add, they were doing. Add a chorus that went somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad it exists. I don't. And it's just such a different vibe from Always Be. Um, Always Be fits Chase's Light more. Um Whereas, like, Open Bar is more like a Futures track or an Integrity Blues track. Yeah. Um, so that's my take. I absolutely love it. Um, definitely, like, have I always forgot about it. And then doing this research, I was like, no, this song actually rules. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I have seen the light in that regard, and uh, I absolutely love it. Um, but if I had to compare it, and, and choose one to put on the record, I think I'd still choose Always Be. Yep. Um, so, yeah, man, um, I am going, I guess, to start cleaning up, and, and with as buzzed as I feel, I feel like I can just be excellent to everybody. Yeah. And, and, and especially everybody should be excellent to each other. Absolutely. And, of course, as always, party on, dudes! <laughs>